Hello world and welcome to another episode of LJ Presents. Hope you guys had a great two weeks. Uh, I did a double header, so I put two episodes back to back so I could have some time to get to work on these other episodes I've got in the can. So this week, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Steve Everson. He is an LA-based producer and co-owner of Megalith Digital, a production house down there. Uh, we talked a lot about you know working together uh, because we also did a short film called... Uh, Amid the Midsummer Nightmare, The Betrayal. You'll find that link in the show notes. So he also has a YouTube channel as well. So you can just go to YouTube, type in Steve Everson, and he will tell you about the epic adventures of being a producer. So without further ado, I present to you Steve Everson. Just letting you know we are recording because I'd like to get all of the behind the scenes stuff before we actually start talking. So if there's any real deep dark secrets you want to just blurt out, please go right ahead. <laughs> off the record. <laughs> it's off the record but still recorded. Is that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, oh, totally. I see. <laughs> yeah. That's that seems legit. Oh yeah. What yeah, could, you didn't what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> Trust me. Oh man. So, uh, <laughs> see, we keep talking like this. We're gonna be in another another uh, rant like we like we were talking last night. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. What's weird uh, is that so that feels the... like a month ago. It, like the news is going so rapid right now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, and, and the weirdest thing, like yesterday I had this, I had a call in, my agent called, and um, I had, you know, I had this audition, which is why we were late, you know, recording. And, I, you know, I need to be honest, I, I am thankful for the opportunity to audition, but I absolutely, I, I, the self-tape auditions, I don't think I do really good on not like the actual audition itself but it's the setup and doing the takes and then my filmmaker brain the reason why is because my filmmaker brain <laughs> kicks in and i want to start like <laughs> setting up the shot <laughs> right you know right it's hard to remember yeah. that you're not directing whatever it is yeah. that you're auditioning for <laughs> yeah exactly and so uh you know, I, I ended up having to do like two takes because, you know, I'm doing everything at the same time. And, you know, agent, you know, texts me back. is like, hey, can you do it this way? And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And then I'm having to like kick my son out of the living room. And he's like, come on, I'm trying to watch the Muppets. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I feel you. But uh, daddy needs to feed you. So let me try and get this, <laughs> get this job here. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh man! So how you been? I mean, how how you been holding up during this uh, quarantine? Uh, you know, it's it's not that far removed from my normal life. So you know, the staying at home part doesn't doesn't affect me really at all. Um, okay. And then selfishly, you know, I've I've had to go out to the grocery store and things like that. And mm -hmm. the normal traffic rate in Los Angeles is so so wild. 
that currently with, with no traffic out there or very little traffic out there, it's actually really nice. You know, I know, right? Like I said, like I said, I mean, that's pretty selfish, but you know, at the same time, you know, I definitely observed the fact that there, there's a lot less people on the road <laughs> and it makes commuting I, a lot easier. Oh man. I know. Like my, my day job is exempt. So I'm able to, you know, get on the road as well. Like I, you know, I, I'm, I work. So when right. I get on the road and going through traffic and going across the bridge every now and again, it takes me 20 minutes to get to my location that I need to get to not an hour in the city hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. When I need yeah. to go into the city, I literally <laughs> just whiz right through the Bay bridge toll and get to where I need to be. It's beautiful. You know, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> I seen any, uh, I haven't seen any footage from the Bay area, uh, traffic, you know, how, how it's been affected, but in LA for sure, it's, you know, maybe, 10% of normal, maybe, mm. you know, so, so uh, I went from uh, the Valley, you know, just above Hollywood, but over by Universal Studios, I went mm. from there to East LA in 18 minutes the other day. What? And I, yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I ended up, you know, and then from there, we ended up driving out to Corona, which was only another 30 something minutes. That's usually a two hour drive for me. Uh, not okay. to East LA, but, but all the way out to Corona and picking, you know, picking up uh, one of the guys on the way, this is, you know, two, two weeks, right when they, we had set up this shoot day and then they're like, okay, now everything's quarantined. And we're like, oh, well, we got the, we got to get this done before we go into quarantine. And uh, so we drove out there, no traffic either way. And then we came back and, you know, there's a, a taco spot in L.A., a little chain called Taco King. We were able to walk right up. Usually it's got a line of 50 people, walked straight up to the window, was able to. Or- I mean, we kind of joked at that point because the severity was still not exactly known, you know, and uh, we kind of joked like, wow, you know, life just life is better now <laughs> with all the people out of the way, you know. And then since then, we've, you know, obviously seen uh you know the the impact of the coronavirus you know here in america yeah. i think we crossed over 8000 deaths now something like that so oh, man yeah i mean it's getting real it's getting real yeah, oh, yeah. that that's for sure you know and uh yeah definitely the the catch 22 is traffic is awesome like if you're right. an essential worker you can get to where you need to be. But the bad news is that, well, it looks like it's the zombie apocalypse and uh, you can walk right up to something, get what, you know, get whatever you want and then just go, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of like uh, what Will Smith and uh, I am legend, like, dear God, I hope it doesn't get to that. But, you know, but do you really you know, hope that? Pre- I mean, it could be a I lot don't know, better. But, you know, it could be. But here's the scary thing about it, though. Right. So, you you know, like all of New York is like a wasteland for the most part. Mm-hmm. You can jump into a Shelby Mustang. Right. With your trusty dog hunting <laughs> for deer in the middle of Times Square. I mean, you know, if you're the hunting type, that could you know, definitely be possible. And then right. then you walk by the movie theater and you see an old poster for Batman v Superman. I'm like, this movie was ahead of its time. 
I yeah, I might have shot the poster rather than the deer personally but uh well that's a whole other conversation (laughs) yeah yeah that's a conversation (laughs) that we could unpack that for days but um yeah Yeah. in i haven't seen i am legend in a long time but uh was the whole world gone and he was the last person in the world or was it just on the island of new york i can't remember what the scope Uh, of the film was yes there's still people in other places there were, there were. There, there was supposed to be this oasis uh, somewhere else. So let's see, Will Smith finds this woman plus a kid, I think. Oh, and I do think I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and he decides to uh, take them, you know, to this oasis where there's, you know, civilization and what have you. Right, 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 um, right. Yeah. Yeah, but... You know, despite all of that, he still has to, you know, deal with the infected, and of course, his dog gets uh, gets bit, and so he That's has to make the right. choice. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who you know, it's a little bit behind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a Will yeah. Smith movie in quite so, a while. You know, I kind of tapped out after what was the last Will Smith movie I've seen? It definitely wasn't Bad Boys. Maybe the oh, I haven't seen Bad Boys for life. No, you haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't yet. Uh, I do intend to watch that because I do like that franchise. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I think after Earth, yeah did really really poorly and then i don't think i've seen it i I didn't even watch that one actually and uh after that uh, i don't think i don't think i've seen even and the one with his where the young face or whatever the newest one Mm, where there's two wilson man yeah i haven't seen that either yeah yeah i don't know let's see uh pursuit of happiness was is a movie that i distinctly remember simply because Mm -hmm. it such a tearjerker right and god i want to i i can't i can't really remember the like the most current will smith movie that that i've seen that i really dug um i dug i robot i yeah. missed Ge- uh well i didn't really want to see gemini man but i missed after earth like you know I, I would see bits and pieces of it i was like oh this this doesn't look all that bad i don't know why it uh why everything why everyone's trashing on it but you know whatever i, I think will smith will be okay <laughs> yeah i think you know he, he's got he's got that that certain something that i think will allow him to be a star someday yeah yeah definitely he's definitely an up and coming he is a, he, yeah yeah keep your eyes anybody listening to this keep your eyes out for will smith he's gonna be he's gonna be something special yeah. someday but you know what the crazy thing about it is that he had the opportunity to play Superman? Did you know that? In this, in this most current iteration. No, uh, no, Pattinson. we're talking like, yeah, no, we're talking like in the '90s when Tim Burton was going to do Superman Lives. Mm. And okay, so right around this time, it was Tim Burton was going to do Superman Lives. He had before Nick Cage. Things were circling around Will Smith, which was, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like right around that time, that's when uh, that's when he did uh, the Wild Wild West because oh, Kevin Smith. Okay. Yeah, Kevin Smith wrote the script for for Superman Lives, and then one of the producers has this thing with spiders, and then he wanted Kevin Smith to put. A, I don't know, a super spider or something like that. Kevin Smith was like, that's ridiculous. I, you know, but that same producer ended up producing Wild Wild West. And sure enough, there is some steam powered mechanical spider like machine that, you know, that ended up in the movie. So, you know, good for him. He, he, he got a spider. But anyway. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I didn't. I did uh, not know that uh, that he was in there. I do know that he was the first pick for Neo in the Matrix series. Yes. Yes. Uh, which could have and, been interesting, also. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think what happened. I think what happened was like he just didn't get the concept at the time. Sure. And he passed. Yeah, you know. And I was like, dude, really? I have read that that he said he regrets. He regrets passing on that one, you know, knowing knowing what he knows now. Um, well, and, yeah, that's the thing, right? But uh, I think the I think uh, the Matrix did all right without him. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nuts now that at uh you know like right across the bridge, you know, they were shooting you know Matrix Four, you know, in San right. Francisco, and uh, right. people have spotted Keanu Reeves back in Alameda, which is about. A ten minute drive down the road uh, hmm. from Berkeley. <laughs> ten so, minutes now, yeah. or ten minutes before the coronavirus. Oh, ten minutes. Well, a ten minute normal drive, probably five. Well, no, it's 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 a little wow. way. It's a little ways. It's after, you know, it's right. It's it's a well, you know, it's adjacent to Oakland for the most part. Mm-hmm. So once you get on the freeway, you just you know cruise down the freeway at seventy seventy five miles an hour, and you know you're there in an instant. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I did know, and they they shut down obviously because of the the uh, isolation plan that we have in place oh, here. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to play out because he's supposed to do. I mean, the release date on that is twenty twenty one, and the same day they're supposed to release John Wick four. So he's he's going to be competing against himself in the opening weekend. Now that obviously that could have all changed uh since everything has been delayed and now they're gonna have to you know refigure out all the timelines for releases each studio and who they want to compete against and all of that stuff but uh there's gonna be a lull there's gonna be a lull because all the movies that were expected are not gonna show up because they can't finish them on their you know original timeline so that'll be interesting to see how that how that happens yeah, exactly. Uh, like, for example, like uh, Black Widow is being re-released for November. So that just that pushes back the whole, you know, Marvel Cinematic Marvel Universe. Universe. Yeah. 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 It does, does that. And yeah, I would totally make that a double feature of seeing John Wick and The Matrix. I wonder if that's going to be another trilogy, though. Which one? The Matrix? Uh, the Matrix. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't know, and I think I heard that just just Lana Wachowski is doing it. It's not both Wachowskis, uh, right? So, right, just her. Ah, uh, you know, uh, who knows? There could be a very a, a bigger uh, a, a bigger departure from 
the original, you know, not having both voices involved. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. So, Well, at least one of them is back. So at first, I don't think it was going to be any anybody from like any oh, of the really? original production crew. Yeah, I think at first it was just like it wasn't going to be any of the Wachowski. So I was like, mm, I don't know. And then, you know, you know, she came back. So, you know, so now I'm like, all right, this may be good. You know, so we'll see. But I'm a huge fan of the Matrix uh, franchise, all three, like all three movies. I know some people, uh, you know, they they love the first one, but I've literally heard critiques such as, I just got bogged down in philosophy and I need to see action. I'm like, well, dude, that's the whole point of the film is that it's it's literally the perfect mix of Kung Fu anime and philosophy, which is, you know, the very things that uh, the Wachowskis were, you know, wanting to lay out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I yeah. personally, I don't have any problem with the second and third one. Uh, you know, they're very different movies from the first one, but you can make that claim, you know, with pretty much any franchise. Rocky Four is very different from Rocky One. You know, uh, right. Return of the Jedi is very different from A New Hope. So, you know, there's. You know, it's it's understand. I don't have any problem with them, but I I've never said, you know what? I really want to watch the Matrix three. You know, like for me, if I if I if I get a hankering to watch one of them, I always go to the first one. You know what I mean? Because that yeah, that, yeah. that discovery of the rivalry between him and Agent Smith, and you know him discovering who he is. It, you know, it's just a, a well told Joseph Campbell Campbellian you know, uh, origin story for a superhero. And, uh, right. you know, I, I just, I can really appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, I just was less for me, less interested in the world outside of the matrix, as opposed to the world inside of the matrix. Okay. And so, and, and, you know, you see more of that in the first movie, um, you know, because you don't have to deal with the Zion aspect and all the other ships, you know, the other captains and all of that, you know, you avoid most of that stuff. So, right, but right. Like, like I said, you know, I, I just not that long ago, uh, within the last six months, over the course of a week or something, I watched all three of them again, uh, just to uh, sort of revisit. I, and I, there was some some aspects on it that were just unclear in my head, you know, when I was like, wait, right. so why, why did this... I don't remember. So I was like, all right, well, there's one way to find out. You know, I just went back and watched all three. <laughs> and then, so yeah, now here's worked. what you need to do. Like if, if you, if you ever find yourself bored again, rewatch it under the philosopher's commentary. Oh, is there a, 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 a different audio track? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, Dr. Cornell West and another philosopher, they do a commentary for all three films. Really? I wonder if that's on my uh, iTunes version. Should be. Should be. I bought, yeah, you know, yeah. So I bought uh, I bought the 4K re-release uh, of The Matrix and, you know, with the digital copy or what have you. So it should be on there. Yeah, check it out if you can. But, you know, speaking of film production, uh, you run a rental house down in LA. So why don't you give us a, a quick 
a quick overview of uh, who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> the boring stuff, huh? Okay. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, 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 my name is Steve Everson, uh, which it hopefully says on your website. Um, but uh, we don't necessarily we don't run a, a house, uh, so to speak. We do have gear that we do rent out, uh, but I'm not. We're not open and available to the public. Um, that being said, there are a couple of rental houses down here that we have gear that it lives there. Uh, cameras, you know, uh, we have a area Alexa mini that just lives in the rental house. Um, what else is in there? Uh, Sony FS seven. Um, I, you know, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't even list what all's in there. We have a Terra deck sitting in there. We have, you know, just assorted gear and then a lot of lenses, right. uh, some like ingenue cinema lenses, things like that. Uh, and they're in different places. Uh, Pro HD. I don't know if I can say names on here, but I will. Pro HD, uh, Stray Angel, like some of those rental houses that our gear mm -hmm. just lives there. The benefit is they take care of it. You know, we don't have to... Um, we don't have to worry about, you know, making arrangements for the pickup. And then when it comes back doing the cleaning and, you know, maintenance and all of that stuff, they take care of all of it. And when it, uh, when they earn, you know, X amount or whatever, you know, you, you see a, a check come for, uh, you know, for, for the month for rentals and, you know, they get a percentage and the company gets a percentage. I, myself, oh, wow, I, that's pretty cool. how new is yeah. that? How uh, new is that? Like that, that, that model of having your equipment at another rental house or, you know, you know, like on consignment, rental consignment or something like that. Yeah. Is that um, recently I, I, new model? I don't think it's very new. I mean, when, when you look at, I mean, comparatively uh, in, in most recently in the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, uh, the accessibility of equipment has become a lot, you know, a, a much higher. I think the red camera, the first red camera came out in what, 2007, 2008, somewhere in, in that range. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's somewhere around there. So what's that, you know, 10 or 11, 12 years ago, whatever. Uh, before that, you know, cinema gear was not that accessible to normal everyday folks you know you had to be run an agency or a production company or a film studio whatever to to just to even think about getting a hold of that you know and back then guys like us were you know using vhs cameras to shoot whatever skateboard videos or whatever we were doing back prior to that yeah. so i would imagine that you know with the accessibility of of private users buying cameras you know, then rental houses were like, well, hmm, if we don't have to lay out the money to buy it and people want to consign, we, you know, we do our business just like we've been doing, except we just cut, you know, cut part of the money to the owner. You know, it, it, it seems like a no brainer, you know, when you, when, when we're in the, the era that we're in looking back, you know, but right. when I think about the fact that, you know, you can't buy a Panasonic or a, excuse me, a Panavision camera, you know, a private user, so you have to go to a rental house, you know? So I imagine right. it was probably still that method, except the rental houses were renting from the, directly from the Canyon Mountain camera manufacturers, you know, an, an Ariflex, 
uh, Airy would put it into the rental house and, you know, that's how they would do it. Something along those lines. But, um, gotcha. you know, so it, it's, it's an advantage for us because, you know, we just, we don't have to touch it. It's sort of turnkey. And now that being said, you know, you buy a red camera now, I, I don't know how much the Scarlet's going for, but I mean, to get it well kitted, you're probably talking about 30 grand, 35 grand, something like that. And so, I mean, it's still a lot of money. And if you are a person who's going to finance it, well, then you have to be able to make sure that you're going to have enough income coming from that rental house to cover the cost of your payment, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, business lease or a credit card or however people do it, you know, you got that percentage right. of, of interest sitting on there. So you, you do have to at least be aware of it, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, so under that uh, business model, you mm-hmm. got your equipment somewhere else and you just get a check, which is cool. It's really, really, I think that's probably like the simplest thing that one could actually do. But you've got so many other uh, pots on, 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 the, on, the, on the fire. So you, you have this equipment that you rent out. Mm-hmm. You also do a YouTube channel or you're restarting it, correct? Yeah, and I've actually... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you and, pay, and you produce as well. Oh, no problem. Uh, yeah. Well, my uh, business partner, who sadly we couldn't drag onto this call or onto this podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I forget what I forget what day it is. <laughs> um, yeah, he he now has something like six hundred thousand followers, subscribers, and uh, you know does camera related stuff. And so he handles most of the rental gear stuff anyway. I don't, you know. He's a he's just a, a camera gearhead. You know, he loves the whatever the newest camera is. He wants to buy it. He wants to test it. He wants to see if he can break it. You know, all of these things. And he makes, you know, he, he gets a lot of um, positive feedback from that because people want to know. You know, uh, I've been saving up money for two years to buy a camera. What's the best camera in my price range? Yeah. You know, and and Potato Jet, which is his. Uh, youtube channel he more or less lays it out you know he goes through canon and he goes through sony cameras and um you know obviously the bigger ones uh, we did a thing where we went over to uh, the airy creative space and we spent two days over there just playing with the new uh large format you know and uh right you know so people get to see a variety and it's all the way down to you know testing the new huawei phone camera versus the iphone versus you know something unfair like a red camera you know and he does all these different tests to show the capabilities of you know whatever has a lens and a sensor on it and uh so that's been really positive for him uh my youtube channel is more along the lines of hey do you want to figure out what it's gonna like how many days do you need to shoot your film or do you need to get permits to shoot xyz you know more um uh i guess esoteric or you know like things that you don't think about when you're like hey i want to make a movie so i got to get a camera and start shooting you know mine's more of a a logistics how, how you know how to go about logistics and um the current video you know i've i've been laid off of it for a couple of months and now i need to get back to it because people (laughs) they're still sending emails about it and uh he actually gets a lot of 
he gets a lot of my hate mail wondering why I haven't put up a video in a while. So I, <laughs> he keeps telling me I need to get back to it. But, um, you know, I, I have one, I've done them, you know, Hey, think, think more creatively. And now my, my current video that, uh, I just reset up all the gear and, and probably end up finishing shooting today is, you know, we're in the time of coronavirus. How do you get inspired when you can't be around any other people? You can't get your crew together to shoot stuff, you know? So, you know, take a look at some ways to, um, sort of jumpstart your thinking and and that's really what it's all about uh, you know is the content creation you know yeah and i think a lot of people you know forget that you know yes getting a, a camera and getting talent and trying to figure out what the story is all that is pretty much like you still have to have someone that's actually going to go okay this is how we're actually going to get it made right so you know as many as much as i've watched uh youtube channels such as potato jet or like indie mogul or something like film riot or something like that right you know they're you know yeah 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 i think the the one thing that i think is you know missing is you know hey logistics i mean is it sexy no no, you know, so I, I guess the question is how do, I, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it's practical. You're practical. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just, I'm just digging the hole deeper, man. I'm just, oh. I, uh, I actually, my, I think my, my very first video um, is I, I did something along those lines and, you know, I, I did something along the lines of now I know, you know, Potato Jet does these the camera stuff and, and gimbals and all that. But let's talk about something really sexy producing. And then I had to, I had to walk that back two sentences later. And it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, I guess if you're actually able to, you know, I think producing can be sexy. Like it can be is like you're is like you're taking if you're a straight male you're taking the librarian who's wearing the frumpy dress and you're just giving them a much better looking dress and sexy glasses or something like that I don't know this analogy is about to head south really yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you're but you begging know for I mean. hate man you know <laughs> God man you know. <laughs> Well, this is what I say when it comes to sexy, when it, when it comes to yeah. sexy, if, if we look at the biggest name producer in the world, it would have to be Jerry Bruckheimer, right? And he's worth right. what, a billion and a half dollars, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty sexy. I, I, I can't think so. of any, I can't think of any cinematographer that's worth a billion and a half dollars or director even so oh, well that's actually not true steven no, no, spielberg no, James cameron. Steven, steven, James yeah cameron, cameron yeah, yeah those guys yeah probably but a lot of what their money came from was producing not directing so you know mm. spielberg yeah, yeah, yeah. spielberg owns part of dreamworks or you know sg uh what is it skg spielberg yeah. katzenberg SKG, and geffen yeah. um yeah. So, you know, he gets, he gets, he gets checks for things that he never even knew he was doing. So, you know, uh, that's gotta be cool. Yeah. Right. That's the goal right? to get those turnkey checks. I mean, actors do it, yeah. you know, you try and get residuals on contracts and things like that. You know, it's, 
It's all about that, that long-term play, not the, not the paycheck you're getting today, but the one that potentially could come down the road. Right. Right. So in regards to producing, let's just, Mm -hmm. so how, how is it done? What do you do? You know, like I, I, and I, of course, we've produced stuff together i've produced stuff you know right and so i'm still kind of like how what what does this job entail right i think like the the closest thing i can say is you you just get it done and you you yeah that's you have people that you know and you try and corral them together kind of like herding cats and you it, just get the project yeah. made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that, give me the official definition. Well, like I, I've said in numerous times, the, the official definition of producer is that there isn't one, because it could be, you know, it could be anything. And you know, you'll see it a lot of times in TV shows and stuff. You know, the after the third or fourth season, the you know cast members have producer credits, and the you know. And of course, they're given input, creative input and and whatever. So, you know, they probably deserve that, but they're not dealing with the the day to day stuff, you know, not Steve Carell, when he was doing The Office, you know, has a producer credit on there, but he was not making the schedule, you know, so to speak. So, you know, there there's definitely that sort of the work aspect of it. And then there's also um, the creative aspect of it. And oftentimes that's two different jobs, two different producers that are, you know, one is doing one part and one is doing the other. Uh, and when I say one, hey, you know, it's generally not just one, but, um, you know, you have different things or if somebody, you know, if, if you're working on a, a film or a TV show and, Ford Motor Company gives you a bunch of cars to use for it, you know, somebody from Ford is probably going to show up as an executive producer on there because they produced cars for you. You know, they, they, they right. made that happen. So, um, right. you know, right. it really depends on, on what the person's bringing to the table. And sometimes those are just gift credits and sometimes they're negotiated credits and, you know, you know, it just, it, it's all situational. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, companies obviously don't like to give away, um, the, the back end of money that they're getting, but, you know, in some cases it's like with SAG contracts, that's, you know, it's mandated that certain port, certain types of productions will have that kind of, uh, back end participation because right. sometimes sometimes things you know make a lot of money most most films take a long time to make their money back so right, right. like 90% or something so you know you it being a producer really just means that you're involved in the project in a way that makes sure that it gets done you know um and you know, the producer is not specific to this industry also, you know, you, you can see line line producers in an auto factory or something along those lines, you know, it's just somebody right. who's in charge of making sure things do get done. Gotcha. And gotcha. Uh, I like to think that I do a pretty good job at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so in regard to 
so in regards to your YouTube channel, which you know we gotta we gotta get you to get back back on top of it because I really yeah, do think that there's a need. Yeah, there there needs to. Be, yeah, there's a need for it. I think. I think you know again with all of the other filmmaking YouTube channels that are out there that that focus more on the creative end and on the technical end and right. in regards to like whether it's in regards to visual effects or computers to use or cameras to use or what have you you know making it so how how have you how, what were some of the things that you focused on whatever you you know you've done already that's on youtube and then what do you see uh yourself uh teaching uh later on well, um, let me let me uh, real quick just say that you know those creative the 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 YouTube channels that you're talking about that to focus on the creative and the technical, you know, a lot of those people also would you know by the strictest definitions be considered a producer. You know, your cinematographer, your director, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of actors, because uh, in in situations where each one of them is giving creative input, you know, that that's making the production of the product, uh, you know, they're giving input on that. So even though the title or the credit that they receive is cinematographer, director, or whatever, they were instrumental in a lot of ways to doing that. So technically everybody is a producer, you know, I've had um, a production assistant produce me a cup of coffee a number of times. And I feel like in that (laughs) moment, in that moment, if I didn't have that cup of coffee, everything was going to go off the rails. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, sometimes you're on the 16th hour and you're, you're making decisions on autopilot at that point, you know? And, and so you do rely on a lot of the other people um, who are not necessarily a producer on the project to get things done for you that you just physically can't do yourself. You know, if right. I'm out on location and I need something done in, in town or whatever it is. So um, now to, to your next question in terms of that so far, you know, I've done things like, you know, how to think creatively getting out in public and, and, you know, getting around other types of artists, stuff like that. And then I've done, you know, what, what is a script breakdown? Because you, know, you have to be able to break down a script if you want to figure out what your schedule is. And you've got to figure out what your schedule is if you want to figure out what your budget is. And, you know, all of these steps. And I've sort of gotten to the point where I was uh, putting together a schedule, you know, on, on camera for people. and. Uh, I think that was the most recent video people I get a lot of emails like, Hey, when are we going to see the next one? And you know, if they're hearing this, it's coming. Uh, the next step I'm going to do after this one uh, that I'm currently working on is I have a buddy who's doing a short film. He's out of Texas. And uh, I wanted to do something that wasn't here in Los Angeles so that people can get a better idea of what is it like to shoot a short film in rural East Texas versus what it would take to shoot that exact same film here in Los Angeles. Um, Probably and, a lot easier. Well, the cost alone is exponentially larger in Los Angeles because you need permits and location fees and all of these things. And where he is in East Texas, it's, you know, it's $50 for the permit 
And then, you know, you just make arrangements with the owner of the property. Whereas here, it's hundreds of dollars for the permit. And then, you know, everybody in Los Angeles recognizes what their property's worth when it comes to production. So you're paying a premium if you want to be able to control the space uh, for X amount of time, you know, and in the case of a restaurant, you know, if they do $20,000 a night at that restaurant, and you want to shoot there one night, well, you can expect how much you're going to pay to shut that restaurant down for the night, you, you know, that, that sort of thing. So my YouTube channel, I try and get people thinking about what it's like to be a professional, even if they're not a professional person, you know, so that they know the difference between doing a YouTube video and working on a professional set. That being said, in Los Angeles, even if you're doing a YouTube hit out on the street with your friends, you're technically supposed to have a permit. A lot of people like to argue that with me, but I'm just going based on the law. So the law says that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, anything you do on your own. Well, that's crazy, right? Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, but that's crazy, right? Because now we're seeing YouTube channels just popping up everywhere. And especially, right. you know, that format gives filmmakers a chance to, you know, create and it cuts out the middleman. It cuts out the the people who would normally say no to your thing. Right. Like you can actually go out and do it yourself, right? So whether you're using a, a smartphone or a regular point and shoot camera to capture video, I mean, what are some of the... Okay, so as a producer, you know, going on in the street, rallying up the troops, which is like a small invading army on the streets of L.A., anywhere in L.A., you're going to draw attention, (laughs) you know, you know, you're going to draw attention, but yet it's just going on YouTube. So where is the fine line between trying to do things the right way and getting the shot well uh you know it's a a great it's a great it's a great yeah it's a great question really um so in the video that i did specifically and it's i think my most watched videos do i need a permit and my final thought on that and uh, you know uh, i encourage everybody listening to watch it anyway because you know i need a view count but uh the final thought on that was do you need to get a permit well, use your best judgment because, you know, depending on where you are in the country, and, and I noted what it takes to get a permit in New York, uh, what it takes to get a permit in Chicago, uh, I think San Francisco, Los Angeles, and maybe Atlanta uh, were, were, the, were the cities as examples that I used, you know, and, and explained how do you find out what you know, wherever you are, what it takes to get a permit, if you need it, you know, and, and most of the time, most places, especially in rural areas, nobody's ever going to say anything to you. And the local authorities in that area, most likely won't even know a film crew if they see it. So, uh, you know, they're not even going to mess with you if you're not breaking any sort of laws, you know, getting on the freeway or, you know, whatever, if you're if as long as you're being safe, most of the time, they're not going to mess with you. Now, the bigger your production and the more people you're putting into play, your insurance might require that you have permits uh, and the size of your crew might require that you have insurance. And then once you have insurance, you know, and if you want to hire SAG actors now, you have to have workman's comp. And, you know, so 
it really depends on the size and scope of your of your production. But one thing you really don't want to do is do something fast and dirty and somebody gets hurt because right. you know you're going to get sued, you're going to have a legal liability and you know not all press is good press as they say, especially when it comes to that because if you're responsible for <laughs> right. somebody dying, you know, it's it's going to be a lot bigger problem for you. So um right. You know, I always, I always recommend, you know, always err on the side of safety first. And if that involves getting a permit so that you can shut down a freeway on ramp or whatever it might be, definitely do that because stealing shots like that is it's dangerous and it's difficult. So, you know, just don't, especially if you're working with your friends, don't kill one of your friends over getting a shot. You know, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what I think there was an actual professional production where a woman, you know, died, and you know because what they were standing in the middle of a what a railroad track and the train was coming or something like that. A couple years ago, yeah, that was the uh, the biopic for um, the Leonard Skinner movie, I think, or the Allman Brothers Mm. movie, something something like that. Mm. And it was a dream sequence, yeah. And I guess the AD. Uh, they, I don't know. There was, I know that the AD was held liable for that, and then maybe the producer as well, um, because for whatever reason they set up a bed and some other stuff on the railroad track, and when that train came, they tried to grab everything and run, and she just didn't get far enough when the train hit whatever oh. it was, and pieces went flying. Yeah, super yeah. tragic. Um, and yeah. I believe that was in Georgia. Uh, so, so it, it was, was somewhere yeah. on the it on the eastern land. yeah uh and it yeah it's super tragic and really horrible um yeah you know and those are the kind of things you want to avoid because they're you know that's it was needless it, it was needless you know had they just waited 10 minutes and that train would have gone by they could have set up and everything but apparently they did they weren't aware of the train schedule which you know as a producer and especially the uh assistant director who's your your safety representative on set, right. you know, you gotta, there, there's, there's at no point there is uh, where it's acceptable to not know what could possibly have be happening in that. Could that be know, considered you, a stunt? Uh, well, I, I guess it would that? depend on, on, um, you know, uh, there was no actors in the, you know, in, in harm's way when, when the whole thing went down. So, I mean, okay. I, I mean, if the if they have a good agent, yeah, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> I'm sure it would be considered a stunt because the agent's not going to let you know the client do something. I mean, that was dumb. It was just dumb yeah. to to yeah. to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of abandoned yeah. railroads in the world in this country. You know, the railroads that don't have trains running regularly that they could have found another spot to do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, definitely uh, that event is nuts. It's, it was tragic. It was probably a yeah. senseless uh, death or what have you. And Absolutely. yeah, so those are some of the things to not do, you know, as yeah. as a producer. Because something like that, I either way, like at the end of the day, it will like fall on you. So yeah, definitely, you know, stealing a shot if you know someone could get hurt, you know, then yeah, definitely don't do it like no don't do it and i've done plenty of guerrilla uh filmmaking you know and 
above all, like standing in the middle of a street, I was like, no, we're not doing this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, especially, you know, especially if it's, uh, you know, you're taking a chance on getting hit or what have you. So I think well, I don't know if now's a good time to tell you when we used your camera for a production about 10 or 12 years ago, I had it on my shoulder and went skipping across rocks on a, on a cold, freezing cold river, river, a river. And I had yours and I'm just hopping along and Josh uh, Siegel, he's like, I guess that's easy to do when it's not your gear. And I was like, I'll sacrifice myself before the camera, but you know, yeah, it was it was not the smartest move, but it didn't put anybody anybody in danger. Of course, you know I would have owed you, you some money. The shot. We got the shot. We definitely okay, got the good. shot. And, and uh, you know, uh, several crew people fell in the water into the cold, oh, wow. super cold water. And uh, yeah, it was just you know it was one of those situations. It was all friends. We were all friends by that point, and it was a pickup shot, and you know we just had to do it. And, I was like, well, we need a shot from the other side to make this work, you know, when we were talking out the angles and, and Josh is like, I don't know if there's a way to do that. And I just grabbed the camera and ran across the rocks, slipping and sliding. And yeah, it was, it was not smart, but you know, I was like, I'm already cold. If I fall in the water, I'm just going to be cold for, you know, it, the same. Longer. So yeah, right. And if we can get this yeah. shot, we can get out of here and get back into the warm cars, you know? Um, so yeah, so that happened, Jeff, with your camera. <laughs> okay. I don't think anybody's ever told you about it. <laughs> uh, Josh and no. I, I remember Josh and I talking about that. Maybe, maybe we don't tell, maybe we don't tell Jeff about this. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. That was 10 years or more ago. So now I'm going to, I'm just going to let it go. I'll take, oh, I'll take the onus on that one. That's that's hilarious. Number one, number two. I think the only thing that Josh had to replace, which he didn't have to, was like this makeshift uh, camera holder made out of PVC pipe. Oh, you know, I remember it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We broke it, so I bought you another one. I'm like, uh, all right, thanks. I broke <laughs> I was like, it too. It was nothing. Oh, that was all <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I think it might have been that day, actually, at the river. I think that might have actually been the time that it broke. And it was because, you know, I was holding on to that as I was crossing the river. It was, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm fairly sure it was that day. Yeah. Okay. And I told Josh <laughs> I would take care of it. And he's like, no, I got it. I got it. You know, and so. Uh, is there anything else you need to get off your chest? I mean, I, I think that I've done pretty well, you know. Uh, I'm sure if we keep, if we keep talking about productions we've done together, I'm probably gonna come up and be like, "Oh, you know what? Oh there was yeah, this one time." Yeah. Oh man, that okay, that's hilarious. So, do you um, do you have anything uh, else that you're doing? Okay, so yeah, despite the fact that you know nobody's shooting anything, but yet, ah, uh, you know, you know, okay, so. This is really, really messed up, and I shouldn't even be saying this, but I guess I am. Power through and it. Now would be like, yeah, but now would be the best time to shoot something. I would not condone this at all. But if you're going to do something alone, you go you're alone. Your block. I mean, yeah. if you're alone and you can stay clear of 
people, you know, whatever the, your local rules are, you know, uh, some states, you know, have had no shutdown at all. I think Florida's shutdown doesn't go into effect till uh, Monday. So there's still some places where, you know, people are living life as normal. And, you know, they're generally more rural. Fewer people means you can be a little more relaxed, obviously. You know, New York City, everybody lives on top yeah. of each other. So it spreads there more rapidly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there are places where people could definitely be shooting. Uh, now, commuting to some of those places, um, I, I believe that, like, Mississippi and Alabama are both wide open. But you got to get there, mm -hmm. you know. And so by going from me, going from Los Angeles to out there, I have to get on a plane. <laughs> and if I get on a plane, that means I'm going to be around a bunch of people who may or may yeah. not be sick and they don't even know it. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what, let's just forget I even said that because that's just me like shooting off at, at the mouth like, oh, here's an idea, you know, just as a creative, you want to keep the brain poppy, you want to like do something or how do you take advantage, you know, of well, right. the situation yeah. in a safe manner, right? Yeah. Well, the, uh, a great example of this is the, uh, the coronavirus film festival, or is it COVID-19 film festival that Hassan uh, is putting together? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, have you posted the previous podcast? The, the, no, not yet. So, oh, okay. Yeah, not yet. This, I, I want to say, so just for our listeners, I did a... I did a creators roundtable uh, made up of actors, filmmakers, producers like yourself, and you know, and we just talked about you know life as a creator during this shelter in place you know thing. And uh, Hassan, who's actually I interviewed him for his film uh, that that he's got a feature that you know that he's you know going to uh, not that he's made, but it's in post production. Uh, mm -hmm. So he created the COVID-19 Film Festival. So, yeah, it'll be great to see, you know, what creators uh, make, make, you know, out of this. Situation. And, yeah. So, and and yeah. what I uh, what, what I appreciate the most about his is he put a limit on it, you know, one to three minutes that, you know, that's it. Nobody wants to go, you know, nobody's going to watch a 15 minute uh rant on somebody you know being upset that they can't go outside or whatever so it's one to three minutes and i saw on his um on the instagram for it and it, it's actually called the uh, covid19 international film festival and it, the instagram has uh, uh some pretty entertaining um has some inter pretty entertaining sequences on there you know somebody is actually dressed up as the covid19 virus or another guy that's in full head-to-toe ppe with a, a tape measure sticking into the camera so he's making sure it's at six feet you know so uh you know a little bit of levity in something that's so yeah. serious you know it 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 helps everybody you know sort of process what we're all going through and i think that's what's great about these is you know do it by yourself, use your phone, get, you know, or any camera that you have, or if you're, if you're quarantined with people like you, for instance, with, with uh, your son, you know, he can hold the camera and point it mm -hmm. at you and he knows enough to, to, uh, you know, to make it happen. So there, there's plenty of yeah. opportunities uh, within your family or by yourself, uh, you know, to, right. to, to do something. And, 
you know, it's okay to make 10 things and all of them don't work. And so you start on the 11th, you know, it's, it's fine to fail, you know, failing is, is learning opportunities. Right. You know, you know, uh, you you learn more from failing than, you you know, you could from uh, a lifetime of schooling. So it's, um, you know, and, and I've seen in the vein of his film festival, I've seen there are some other um, ones popping up, you know, like the quarantine international film festival. And, you know, they're, they're creating a space for filmmakers to, you know, be able to do something when they can't go to South by Southwest and you can't go to con and you can't do all these other film festival things right now because travel is so limited and et cetera, right. et cetera. They're doing something online, just make something and submit it. Cause you know, what's the worst that can happen. And in Hassan's case, everything gets to screen. So you know yeah. why not just just do something just put it out there and you know see what happens you know whether it's stop motion with lego figures or you sitting in front of the camera talking or explaining or you know it could be something as documentary like as you know if you've lost a loved one or something in the you know during this time it could be anything so you know there's just you know there's a lot of opportunity and uh, you know people should embrace that if they, you know, if they have the time and the inclination. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, you know, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. I never, well, really they definitely have the time. <laughs> let me, let me say everybody yeah. has the we time right nothing now. Nothing else to do. So, you know, unless you're in one of those yeah, States think... where people are still, you know, uh, you know, activity is still normal or still pre COVID or whatever, whatever the, 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 designator is going to be for the time before now you know that remains to be seen yeah well it's so crazy because you know now that uh now that i've started season two of this podcast like this whole this whole series is pretty much like yeah it's smack dab in the middle of of COVID-19 shelter in place. We're falling into quarantine people like life as we know it, you know, has drastically changed, you know, people aren't working, you know? And so everyone, I I just, it's going to be curious to see what happens when this is all over and how people's priorities have shifted. Because even though I'm fortunate enough to still have a job that's still going we still have cuts and you know and yeah i'm going out in public but i'm not shaking hands i'm not you know getting close to people you know i just started wearing a mask you know now when i when i get out of my car and go go inside a grocery store and mask up you know i'm just i'm not taking those precautions because like everybody not in the lack of a better way of saying it, everybody's starting to get sick, right? And so, you know, yeah, life has changed, you know? And and the last thing I think anybody is really thinking about is like money. Yes, we need money to keep our health. We need money to, you know, buy things, pay our bills and stuff like that. But, sure. you know, if I can, you know, speak as far as like, you know, what it is to be an American citizen, I think now we're really starting to see where our priorities should be. Plus, plus, you know, 
the air has never you know been better. Like I can really tell right. a big difference now. My hay fever, on the other hand, on the other <laughs> hand, is through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that myself you know. too. I think I've sneezed more recently than I ever have before uh, because the <laughs> pollen count pollen count shot up because there's no cars on the road. You know, not a yeah. not a, a smog layer that's pushing things around and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, even if, it'll be interesting to see if people in society want to demand more from, uh, what we define as life, you know, um, yeah, we've heard for a long time, people say that, you know, human beings were not designed to just do this meaningless thing that gets them to survive. You know what I mean? Like uh, blacksmiths, you know, a hundred or uh, 200, 300, 400 years ago or whatever it might be, you know, human beings weren't designed to just put your nose down and do that. You know, there, there's a whole, like, like any animal, you know, there's a whole aspect of living right. to your life that, um, you know, is unfortunately preoccupied by working. And, um, you know, I don't know what the solution to that is. And I'm certainly not saying that, you know, everybody should just run around willy nilly. But I think that, uh, you know, as humans and particularly as Americans, you know, we need to really investigate what what is that balance between work life and the rest of your life, you know, the time with your family, friends, seeing the world, learning a language, reading a book, you know, uh, most people have too much to do just to survive to ever get to do a lot of those types of things. And, you know, like I said, I I don't know what the solution is, but I do know that, you know, I, I would advocate the people to be able to find, you know, to, to at least explore what that what that balance is right and and with that being said i mean you're doing something you know that that you love i'm doing something you know that i love and we're able to do it but you know there is a monetary uh aspect of it so it, it just you know just for just you know, explain to me how this has affected, you know, like your business and what are some of the ways that you're, you know, what, what are you going to do to try and pivot, you know, to, to keep yourself uh, afloat? Well, you know, um, in terms of business, yeah, a lot, a lot of things just went away. Um, a lot of our clients, we, we have some Fortune 500 clients and they don't, uh, you know, their revenue falls off they have to decide what, what is essential to their spending, you know, um, at, at a high level. What, how do we keep, you know, our $7 billion a year company going? What, what is the least essential stuff to spend money on? Well, you know, internal corporate video is, is pretty low on yeah, the priority low. list, you know, Uh, So we do have some people still requesting things, but it's mostly like, you know, we can do product, they can ship us a widget, whatever it might be, and we can do product video stuff for that, capturing that content, even if they're just banking it for a future video idea or whatever. So we do get a little bit of that um, trickling in, 
And, um, you know, of course, I don't, I, you know, honestly don't know what's been going on with the rental stuff in the last month, but I imagine that they're not, it's not going out, you know, none of the gear is going out like it had been. I mean, that's because of the nature of rental gear. You have a lot of people changing hands on things and you're putting, you know, the people who, who uh, receive and, and rent out the, you're putting a lot of those people at risk just by having, you know, uh, one person take the camera, use it for a couple of days, bring it back. Now this guy has to open up the case and take it out, you know? So there's, there's a certain amount of risk involved that I think it's probably slowed down a lot. Um, right. And, you know, we've just been looking at other things, uh, you know, um, I might, in addition to, you know, what the company's already doing and doing our post stuff and that kind of thing, you know, uh, reached out to other companies that I know that uh, still have some type of stuff going on and maybe take a staff job at one of those until our business, you know, kind of picks back up. But, you know, there, there's any number of things, you know, and it could be, well, unfortunately I drive a truck and so it's not cost effective to do something like Uber or Lyft, but you know, there, there are those types of things that people could still do, you know, depending on your, your comfort level and what's available to your yeah. particular region. Yeah. I mean, as, as I, I do ride share with my car, I've totally stopped doing that. Like, like I did it maybe the first for safety half during the, yeah. Yeah. During the shelter in place, but you know, I all it takes is one unlucky, you know, roll of the dice, and right, you, know, you get it because you get so many random people, you know, coming in. So that's one yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and you know, yeah, it it it, it is a big, it played an, a big impact, you know, on my income. So you know, ugh, yeah, it's it's real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I feel you. There, there has definitely been a lot of um, uh, worry, you know, about those types of things, and you know, you're seeing it across all sectors. You, you know, um, restaurants not being able to open except for you know takeout or delivery, and uh, you know, I don't know how it is everywhere, but it's pretty common in Los Angeles to pass a lot of restaurants and them be generally pretty full, um, having, you know, some of them having lines, uh, those types yep. of things. And you can't, you know, even if they're still open for that, you know, servers, waitresses and waiters, you know, maitre d's, that sort of thing. Uh, oh, and, and of course the, um, valet, valet parking guys, you know, yeah. that their business completely goes away and, and, you know, you can't pivot to, if you're a valet guy, you can't pivot to valeting somewhere else when your restaurant closes down, if the entire city is shutting down. Right. So yeah, thing, you know, things like that, you know, affects, uh, you know, affects across so many sectors and, you know, you're seeing it everywhere. And, and then, you know, our essential people, uh, particularly first responders, nurses, doctors, you know, they're, basically just running out in front of of the machine gun nest you know they're they and they have no idea where they're getting attacked from you know they're it's just going to be anybody anybody could have it so 
you know, uh, you know, you got, you got to pay a lot of respect to those people for doing that, you know? And, um, yeah, in terms of pivoting for, you know, just the average person, you know, there, there's opportunities, but you, you know, you got to know where to look and, and I get it, you know, getting laid off. I've been laid off before getting furloughed, getting fired, all of the business shutting down, all of those things take a mental toll on everybody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really about that whole Phoenix rising thing. You know, you're going down in flames, but you, you know, you gotta just sort of dust yourself off and figure out what the next step is. Cause we didn't get a lot of warning, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, we, we had a year to plan for this. So, um, you know, I just advocate people to just figure out something that's going to make, even if it's not strictly speaking legal, you know, you got to feed your family, you got to, you know, keep, keep the lights on. So, you know, I I don't know how to, how to phrase it any differently than that. Yeah. But, uh, in regards to creating a YouTube channel, so you and, uh, Gene, your partner, uh, uh-huh. the creator of uh, Potato Jet. So, what? It, just how is it possible to make a living being a YouTuber? Because, as I understand it, like, okay, number one, you have to, you have to have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and then those subscribers have to like watch or what have you. So, how, how from what you know, how does it break down? And how can, you know, someone either, you know, like myself or any other person who's creative that's trying to figure out, okay, well, now's the perfect time for me to get this, to get this started. So what's the long play in all of this? Well, I think to be, uh, to, to qualify for YouTube ad revenue is something like you need your first thousand subscribers. And then you also have to have maybe it was like 4,000 hours of cumulative watch time, something like that. So really it's about just putting content out there and, you know, the oldest videos, hopefully, you know, they're still relevant in a year or whatever, so that people are watching those and the new ones. And, you know, um, one of the things that Gene talks about is, you know, he does a lot of the camera reviews and a year from now, that camera review is not as, relevant as it was when the day the camera came out right so it for for his particular kind of content it has somewhat of a shelf life now he is pretty entertaining guy he's he's silly on camera i mean if people want to go watch they can watch him and some of his buddies figure out is a what is more uh, what what is better self-defense pepper spray or a stun gun and they end up pepper spraying and shocking each other. You know, one of them has a dollar in his hand and they say, you know, he has a dollar in one hand or in his pocket and he's got a can of pepper spray in the other hand. And, you know, two of them will try and take the dollar from him and can, can they keep him from getting it, et cetera, et cetera. So he does some entertaining, you know, what I would call stupid human tricks. Um, but uh, for the most part, a lot of, a lot of them have uh have you know have a shelf life especially particularly the camera stuff they have a bit of a shelf life um so you know it, you want to if ideally depending on what your youtube channel is about is to create something that's not just going to go stale in a couple of 
you know, months, you know, don't, you know, don't try and do something that's topical daily. Um, although I, I say that, but you know, you got like e, e news, e entertainment news and things like that, obviously that have massive followings and each video that they have gets hundreds of thousands of views. So it doesn't matter if they have a longer shelf life or not, but, right. uh, you know, creating stuff that has a longer shelf life. That's why narrative content does well, because, uh, if it's not topical, you know, you could watch a short film, especially something where that somebody makes a scary movie at home, uh, you know, it can be watched 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. And people can say, oh, yeah, that's clever, you know, and you amass 10 million views or whatever it might be. Um, you know, so there is things like that, you know, and then, of course, there's always like the character stuff like the uh, what is it, the nerdy Uber driver who raps. Right. You know, he, he hasn't oh, been man, so active anymore. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And uh, I actually know him, Ollie. He's a great guy. But uh, he was here in L.A. for a while. Now he's moved out somewhere else. So I don't think he's doing the Uber thing anymore. And, uh, you know, he's he's actually just a musician and rapper. So that's what his focus was. And he just sort of uh, thought it would be funny to do this nerdy Uber driver. And suddenly he had 50 million views on Facebook or whatever it was. And he became a celebrity and, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I don't think he was prepared for what he was going to see from that. But, uh, you know, back to the point, you know, is, is, you know, finding something that you might be good at if you want to do some sort of demonstrational YouTube or, you know, if you if you like to create 30 second horror films, you know, that's another avenue or or whatever it might be. I have several friends who do art, you know, different types of art and they just film them doing that type of art. And that's their yeah. channel. Uh, musicians, you know, they guitar players, which is one of my favorite aspects of YouTube, you know, somebody playing some, you know, somebody playing a Rolling Stone song with blah, blah, blah. And, you know, oh, that's interesting. Let me watch that. So, you know, I, whatever anybody's good at or whatever they think is interesting, you know, become an expert at it, you know, take an online class. We got plenty of time right now. You can, there's tons of free online yeah. classes and, and very cheap classes people could take and I'm basically, I'm giving you a rundown of what the video I'm about to release on YouTube <laughs> nice. is about. So nice. Yeah. yeah. But well, uh, see, this whole thing is me trying to get you to be held accountable for the things you need to actually make. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I was having a nice vacation. So you called me to do this. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but, exactly. uh, you know, you just had to kill some time and, you know, you can't look at YouTube or Instagram or any of them. You can't look at it as a monetary source in the immediate. You know, it's all about amount unless, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a friend like, uh, you know, if you're friends with Kanye West and you do 10 videos and then have him in a video, obviously your subscriber count's going to go way up. You're going to be an influencer right away, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. But, uh you know, I don't have that connection. So, uh, you know, I can't speak to it, but I do know if I appear in, in a potato jet video, I get more email or more messages on my own channel, even without doing, mm -hmm. you know, be, having it been several months since my last video. Um, because well, yeah, they, I think that's, um, oh, because you're on a potato jet video and right. you know, that channel is very popular and your business. Yeah. Partners, his, you know, with them. 
but his yeah his his fan base is his fan base is uh they're fairly adamant you know they they don't they they don't pull any punches so it's it's pretty entertaining um you know they, when they're <laughs> when they see me on there or when he says my name you know it's it, they they're very like why why are you even talking about that dude he hasn't made a video in months you know they they're oh, very wow. uh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're great. They're they're hilarious, and uh, you know, I really, you know, any recognition, and we've had it happen before. You know, being the airport in so somewheresville on the east coast, and somebody will always come up, and you know, they'll either shout out Potato Jet or you know, they'll walk up and be like, "Hey, you know, seen you on the video," you know. And once I started getting recognized for being in his videos when he's not around, you know, then I was like. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to this YouTube thing, you know? Maybe, you know, I think if anything, yeah, YouTube is one thing. And then, but I think the secret is merchandise, right? So for those, well, yes. uh, for my listeners, like, yeah. Now I was just about what? to say, I'm going to come out with like hoodies and, and hats and stuff like that. I have to get an actual logo first. I'm working on that. Fiverr, so, man. Fiverr's Fiverr, right yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got a pretty, I got a pretty good idea on it. Like, I just need to take it to Fiverr so that they can like hone in on it and you know give me back something cool. Yeah, Gene, he does have shirts for Potato Jet. It's, uh, I mean, there's a couple different logos. One is a literal Potato Jet, and then uh, he's also got one with. Uh, if anybody is aware, you know, if you watch his videos, he did a. He, one where he was doing a kickflip on a skateboard and he actually dislocated and broke his elbow at the same time. Oh, so his, his uh, last year, I think it was oh, about a year ago, I think, or maybe a little, little less than a year ago, but he, um, so his logo and he was driving his Jeep at the time, which he has since sold, but uh, he, so his, one of the, one of the pieces of art is a skeleton sitting on the hood of the Jeep and another one is a skeleton on, they're like uh, similar to Dia, Dia de los Muertos skeletons and one walking mm-hmm. the dog because he features the dogs in a lot of the videos. Um, so, you know, he, so he had several of them done, stickers and t-shirts and, you know, he, he puts that in there and, and yeah, that does drive a little bit of revenue. Um, ad, ads are the biggest one. And then if he uh sponsors sponsors is another one like you get sponsored videos and gotcha. that's you know that's what can keep him afloat in in the current state of things you know because they'll still send out you know hey we made this new light hey we made this new lens hey we made this new wireless um you know gotcha. it's going to come out in a month from now regardless of this <laughs> coronavirus thing so in that situation you know it's worth it to them to spend into this sort of uh, pre-recession or recession that that the economy is currently in based on the coronavirus uh, because, you know, when things do turn around, they're going to have a product sitting on the market and, you know, sales is everything. So um, the sponsorship videos are the ones that an up and coming YouTuber really wants. It's just, it's going to take quite a bit of work and, and some time to get there. Yeah. So how does one actually go about getting uh, sponsorships, right? And being able to get those ad- advertisements, you know, whether well, it's I mean, podcast or on yeah. YouTube? 
I mean, sponsorship, you know, it's reaching out to companies, you know what I mean? I have X amount of viewers on YouTube channel and I do this with my YouTube channel. Your company is, or your product for your company is kind of in that vein. Can I do a review on it? And uh, the early sponsored videos, um, uh, you know, have, you know, we'll send you this and, you know, you, if you can do it in two weeks or whatever, then send it back to us. And then as you get larger, it's worth it to them to just give away this stuff. So we've ended up with a lot of gear both in my garage, in, in my studio and in Gene's studio that sits on the shelf. It came from, you know, he, him doing a review or doing a, a promotional video for it. Uh, and then there's also the online space. Um, uh, for instance, uh, I can't even think of it, Skillshare. You know, he did a video for Skillshare and now they do sponsored videos for him where he will, you know, in the middle of it, he'll say, this is a good time for me to tell you about Skillshare. And for this amount of money a month, you can get access to all this stuff, you know. And I've actually appeared in some of those, too, where I, he said, what class would you watch on here? And I scrolled through and I was like, you know, uh, Thai food cooking or what, you know, I don't something like that, you know, just for his for his to satisfy his sponsorship, you know, uh, what they did, what they needed right. out of his video for him to uh, see some money or a product or whatever it might have been, whatever was negotiated. He also has a management. Cool team for that you know that you know is is oh, a, wow. so you... a whole, whole completely independent i don't i don't deal with any of that gotcha gotcha so it sounds to me like <clears throat> you are the fan favorite and you need to get you need to get the ball rolling <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know if i would use that particular phrase uh more like an anti-hero <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, oh, oh that now see that's sexy producing yeah, exactly. as the anti-hero, you know. Right. Just get the five o'clock shadow action going on, you know, and uh I don't know, start smoking and talking about ah producing. <laughs> I do uh yeah, I do play the heel in a in a lot of jeans videos where you know it'll be uh I'll be the you know the punchline that you know I I'll let him dump on me whatever you know whatever they're making jokes about you know he likes to he likes to uh talk about how old i am and oh, because you know you know I've, <laughs> I've got at least a decade on him but to me that's fine because he's the one that seems to get hurt all the time so you know but uh you know we, we did a video with electric skateboards and and they made a joke they're like whoa steve falls off that board he's gonna break his hip you know like things things like that you know and, <laughs> That is it. That is truly fucked up. <laughs> I, I actually think it's hilarious. Yeah, well, both. Uh, I think I, I personally think it's hilarious because uh, you know, um, I, you know, and when it comes down to it, you know, the the when when they really need me, you know, they never have that sort of <laughs> that sort of attitude. They don't, you know, it's not like. Hey, get your broken hip over here and help me with this. You know, it's never, it's never like that. It's like, hey, uh, do you think, do you think you can help me? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of old. You know, I yeah, give no, me a power. Like, not, can can somebody hand my walker, roll my walker over to me? Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to have to be there every day because if you're old, I am ancient. <laughs> I would have told you that, you know. Well, you know, just I'm kidding. starting to just feel kidding. it now. Oh, oh dude, yeah. Every, I mean, every day, every day was worse. At me. <laughs> I'm just watching your every son. Day, I, when I see your son, yeah. and I was like, okay, when I met you, you know, he was little bitty. And now when I see him, you know, he's what? what he's about to retire, I, I'm guessing. I know, right? Well, he's, he's got to be hitting that now. retirement. And uh, ten. Like the wow. big thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's 10. He's almost done with the uh, elementary school. And, you know, right now we're dealing with, uh, I'm okay, here's here's the real tragedy behind this whole thing. Because, you know, we're playing video games together. And he's he's kicking my ass at Star Wars Battlefront. But here's the thing, though. I can win every now and again. But the way he does it, <laughs> And because I taught him how to talk trash, it's 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 bad. <laughs> and Dad, it's you're so getting bad, pwned. Laughing, <laughs> I am getting pwned by this cat. Yeah. And then when he talks shit, I'm laughing at him cracking on me. So on I'm you, yeah. Like, okay, no, yeah. So number one, I taught him well. Number two, <laughs> you know, I'm like. Stop fucking doing the same thing over and over again. Cheater repeater, you know. <laughs> and number funny. three, let's change the scenario. And he's like, no, I like this level just fine. Yeah, right. Anyway, yeah, we digress. yeah I, get, I get to that point where <laughs> you, if I own you at this one, I'm not changing at all. Yeah. Yo, yeah, exactly. Oh, he's like, no, why, why should we change? But anyway, uh, but yo, man, like, hey. That's why Kobe Bryant never left the Lakers, you know. Ah, this is true. This is true. If but it hey, works, man, you uh, change it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And I was, I was just saying. You know, let if you want it to. Not if you want to. Okay, hold up. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Okay, edit this part out. Uh, <laughs> God, man, I'm sitting up here. I just, I literally hit a brain fart, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know what to say next. You know what? Why don't you just hit us off with? Uh, okay, let me get some space here. Yeah, get some space. So hey, man, want it? Yeah. Oh, I, I just just messed up the joke. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm keeping I'm keeping this cut part going so I can finish peeing and then and then I can. Oh, oh, that's awesome. This is, the, this, is, this is the beauty. This is the you can use this as an outtake if you want, but this is the beauty of having wireless headphones. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Uh, definitely. I was like, oh, yeah, wireless headphones. Okay, so... I highly recommend it. So why don't you hit it? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, right, I'm I'll think about that next time. I wonder if there's like... Okay, cool. So why don't you hit us off with uh, how, how to get up with you, your your website, your business website, and sure. if anybody you know wanted to hire you as a producer, how do they get up with you? Well, the, uh, the company is called Megalith Digital, um, and uh, that is megalithdigital.com. Uh, on there, you can see the, the website is sort of, uh, it's being redone as we speak. So we're getting new copy and stuff. This, basically, we need, when we put it up, we had more business than we had time to deal with it. And then now we're kind of going back. So I think currently the demo reel is two years old that's up there so 
we have a, definitely have a lot of new stuff. But uh, I, I believe we have contact information on the website. But I can anybody can email me at steve at megalithdigital.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Uh, steve L. Everson, at Steve L. Everson, I guess it is. And, uh, you know, I try and stay on top of that stuff, especially if it's related to business. Um, if, if it's hate mail, I tend to skip yeah. it, <laughs> but, um, right. you know, it's in your YouTube you know, channel pretty wide open. and also Steve L. Everson, uh, is my uh, YouTube handle. I try, I try and keep it consistent cause it's uh, easiest. Oh, that being said, yeah. at Megalith digital is also Instagram, although I'm really bad about updating it. And, uh, also Twitter at Megalith digital. And my personal Instagram is actually Stephen Leo Everson because of that whole Instagram's going to copyright your photos thing. I got wrapped up in that years ago and couldn't get my username back. So say la vie, but for the most part, you know, those are available and I could send you it over. I, I don't, does your page have links that we can put on there? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put all the show notes and ways to get in touch. You know, nice. in the okay. show notes. So yeah, yeah. I'll get yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm always interested in hearing from people if they have ideas. If they want, you know, even if they just want to bounce an idea off me to see, you know, to get input. You know, that doesn't. If <laughs> as long as it doesn't require a bunch of research and whatever, if I can just answer it, I, I you know, I'll do that for anybody. That's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, I, I like helping people who are trying to make things happen. So that's uh cool that's always available but uh you know and then depending on what somebody needs if they're making a film and they want to figure out their schedule or if they were looking to have a budget made or any of that type of stuff you know that those services are always available and uh you know could even even now currently if you know if i know your your listener base is sort of film related so if it's something somebody needed now you know now's a great time to do those kinds of things because uh it can be done remotely and you know via the internet so you can still be moving forward and uh, i didn't even talk we didn't even get into writing you know that's a whole everybody should be writing right now there's just no reason not to definitely definitely so definitely another podcast hopefully well hopefully you know we'll get out of this whole shelter in place and you know kind of sort of business as usual but in the event that it's not question mark, we'll mm-hmm. talk about writing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. ah, why do we want to keep this going? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, but, we definitely uh, we yeah. definitely can talk about writing. Uh, and then, you know, next time I'm up in the bay, we really need to make a make an effort to to do one of these live, and that way we can. Oh yeah, hell yeah. We'll get more into the writing aspect and whatever else. Plus, we can drink if we're just sitting around your house doing podcasts. No, oh, yeah, you know what? That I would assume. be amazing. I, I, well, I want I want to get to a point to where I can have like a a a space to do to do something like that. You know, where you just mm, like you mm-hmm. just grab a bunch of people, grab a bunch of mics, and just start you know jabbering. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. I mean, why the hell not? Yeah, and, but, and you know, like you said, hopefully we'll get to that point. You know, in the next few weeks or months, and and you know, resume life as you know what what we knew life to be before all this happened so 
Exactly, exactly. Well, Steve, man, it was awesome catching up with you. And uh, I can't wait for you to reignite your YouTube channel to uh, bring Sexy back to producing. And uh, yeah, we'll chat later. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for all the listeners. And uh, hope to hear from people that uh, have some interest in it. So. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of LJ Presents. As always, you can find me on my website at ljeffreymore.com, Twitter at ljeffreymore, and on Instagram at ljeffrey.more. Make sure to check back next week for another great guest. See you then.